Welcome to the Branding Blueprint Podcast, where we give you the tools you need to build an unforgettable brand and walk through the chaos of building a business in real time as it happens here at Craftsman Creative. Today, we're going to be talking with my professional coach, Michelle Smith. I'm so excited for this discussion, specifically because I think it'll add so much value to all of the business owners out there who have asked themselves the question, do I need a coach? Hey, everybody, this is Sean Sitters, the founder and CEO of Craftsman Creative here again. This time we're doing it a little bit differently. I have my coach, Michelle Smith, on a video call, which is new for us. Usually we're in person, but Michelle is in a totally different market. And so this is the next best thing. Michelle, we're so happy to have you today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Totally. Well, Michelle has probably added more value in my life beyond that of almost anybody with maybe the exception of my wife, Kim, which I feel obligated to say, of course, because of how meaningful she is to me and of many others. But I just had a thought a couple of weeks ago about I was talking with another business owner and I had recently had a call with with you, Michelle. And what came up for me was kind of this conversation of like, coaching and whether or not I need a professional coach and, you know, what is a professional coach at the end of the day kind of can sound fluffy, especially to somebody who's in the nitty gritty of a business. And it really kind of can feel a little you know vague in certain senses, but it's been so tangibly meaningful to me. And so I thought it would make sense to have you have you join. I'd love for you to kind of start with a little bit about your your background and who you are and tell me about your current your current consultancy or, or coaching business that you have um, so that it can kind of paint some context for where you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. And and by the way, I'm glad you put Kim first before me. <laughs> really, really awkward. No, I have a long history in human resources in the talent space, both operationally and strategically. I actually met Kim in a prior HR role at a prior organization, and that's how, Sean, you and I got connected. And I was thinking about it before this discussion, and we've been together three years. Wow. You were one of my very first coaching clients when I formed my new business. I'm sorry. I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been phenomenal. But no, I, I when I came out of corporate, I decided to start my own consultancy. And I do a lot of talent work with organizations and with small business owners, mainly in the coaching space. So when you say professional coach, that has a lot of different meanings for me, which probably would be good to explain to the audience, because I think sometimes they don't know what kind of coach they need. And a coach could be a lot of different things, or it could be something very specific. So with all of that, I am, I'm happy to be here and, and talk through what your experience has been, and I'll share what mine has been. Totally. Well, I'm sure you've thought I'm a total crazy person a lot of times. You always tell me that I'm not, but for some reason, I just I just have to think you just leave some of our calls and be like, that guy's totally insane. <laughs> no, no, I never once have that. And that's what makes you just a total godsend for me is to have that sounding board. And I think this kind of leads in almost into our first topic, which is, you know, why a lot of leaders either resist or are uneducated about, you know, having a relationship with a professional coach or somebody who can help to pour into them as developing leaders. You know, in a sense, I felt early on in our business almost 
like there was this expectation, and I think a lot of it was like self-imposed, by the way, that I was supposed to have it all together. I think also my personality lends itself to that, as you've so graciously defined for me. (laughs) But I think a lot of leaders feel like they really need to have everything together. And so naturally, you just kind of, you know, try your hardest. You kind of, you know, grit your teeth and clench your fists and kind of just press forward. And in a lot of instances, I found myself just like falling short for myself such or and also for others in instances. And so that led to me kind of being like curious about a professional coaching relationship. But what are some of those other areas that you've seen or other reasons why you think business owners kind of resist a relationship that kind of requires such vulnerability? Yeah, you know, I think one of the main issues is around vulnerability, but more so around not wanting their team to have a perception that there is a gap or something missing for them, not recognizing that there are gaps and there are things missing and there are things that every leader can do better. I think another reason is spend. You know, everybody's really conscientious about where their investment dollars go. And it feels frivolous to them oftentimes to invest in having a professional coach. Definitely. I I know that, especially in a small business environment, but even even in other businesses, you know, spending money on yourself as the leader, especially if you're managing the finances and you maybe aren't to the place of having a CFO yet, or maybe you have a fractional CFO or something, but you still are really involved in a lot of the financial decisions of the business. It can be, it can feel almost like selfish. If I can normalize that, Uh, I have felt like it's selfish of me to come to the table and say, I'm going to spend money on having somebody like listen actively and advise and provide feedback and develop me like that. That to me just like sounds a little fluffy on the surface. But if I could just like speak to my experience over the, I can't believe it's been three years. That's crazy. If I can speak to that, it is anything but vague or fluffy or intangible. It is something in which literally last night I was saying, I was talking to Kim about, we had, we literally had a coaching conversation yesterday. I haven't even caught up with you since then. (laughs) Here we are. And uh, Kim and I were sitting on the couch last night talking about, you know, our conversation and you know, I was mentioning to her how valuable it was. And I wasn't just saying high level, this was valuable. I was saying, this is what we talked about. And this is what that makes me feel. And this is what I'm going to do about it. And this is where I need your support in helping me to do that. And there is no way I would even give myself the space to think about that, if you know what I mean. And so everything that you've talked about in regards to that resistance I I felt and I no longer feel. In fact, I think I probably even need to go deeper in moments as you remind me, but also in a really healthy regard too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's that's really good. And, you know, it also makes me think about my earlier comment, which is people don't understand what coaches can do. And, you know, you refer to me as a professional coach. Others refer to me as a leadership coach. I've been referred to as a career coach. I've done life coaching, (laughs) you know, all of the things. You are all of those things to me, Michelle. Well, and it's important because sometimes we need to flex and I need to be those things for you and for my other clients. So Mm -hmm. it's appropriate. 
one of one of the things I think that business leaders hold off because of is that they think that a coach, because they're bringing plus, and I'm using air quotes, that the the coach won't know about business and they won't be business minded and they mm-hmm. won't necessarily have a strategic mindset. I can speak for myself and probably ninety nine percent of the other coaches out there that that. That's just not true. A lot of coaches come into coaching as sort of a second act, mm-hmm. coming out of you know other industries and professional services and, and having a lot of business acumen behind their coaching. So it's, it's just sort of a, an assumption, I think, that people can make that is not true. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought, you know, long and hard about who, you know, who was the right person to be able to speak into into our business and and I think it's just so important to not just ask yourself that question of like like even listening to myself say what I just said now I feel like I'm in a coaching chess and dang it but even listening to myself say that it's like so focused on the business right and I think you were you pointed out to me that I would always talk about others I would always talk about the business, the business, the business, and my client or my team member or the business or our P&L or whatever it might be. And there was no redirection of that emphasis on me. And I always, I, even saying that out loud, I still struggle with feeling like that's selfish. But it, it really does emphasize the importance of having somebody like, yes, like I am just naturally connected to the business at this time. And so I need somebody who's business savvy, but even more important than that, I think the harder thing to find in a lot of cases is finding somebody who actually can connect with me as a person and like listen well and understand the complexities. I think a lot of what you're talking about is really like you understand what it's like for me to have to balance like me being, you know, an individual and then also like you know what it's like to be a business leader. And so the marriage of those two things, you know, your core skill set and your context mm-hmm. uh, has been just so exponentially valuable to me and has far, far surpassed my, you know, expectations. Awesome. Okay, so I know we kind of talked about this beforehand and I'm nervous, but here we go. I really wanted to, you know, we, we've talked about why people might resist it, why that probably is a foolish idea. We've also given some context into what coaching is and what it looks like. Um, I think that the taboo question is, so what do you do and what do you talk about whenever you actually get into a coaching discussion? And so we, you know, tried to be as unfiltered as we possibly could when we came up with a list of four different discussion topics that have come up for us time and time again. And all of these relate to me as a leader. And I believe in vulnerability for the sake of progress for others and for myself. And so let's go into it. (laughs) I'll let you tell everybody the first one that's come up for us most evidently. Sure. So the first one is the big G, the guilt word. And, you know, Sean and I were talking about this quite a bit in terms of leaders just constantly feeling the burden of, am I doing the right things? Am I doing them during the right season? Am I doing the right things for my team? Am I treating my family appropriately? all of those things. And it's just this, it, it becomes burdensome. And so that, that is one topic that we've talked about quite a lot. And guilt is 
always self-imposed. No one can make you feel guilty. So we, we talk a lot about just how to sort of shed that guilt and, and take a different perspective about things. Yeah. It's been a long road of, you know, since you have gotten to know me, I have had a child. I feel like I've gone through like <laughs> some parenting on the business side that's been challenging. I've gone through just a lot of different things that just naturally present this feeling of, you know, like you probably even can pick up on it in, in early on in this discussion, that feeling of, of guilt, like, I don't need help. Like what, mm. like, and, and like for even like saying, like, I do need somebody to, you know, pour into me, like, and feeling guilty about whether it be the financial investment or the time investment, mm. or, you know, like in, whenever I'm on a coaching call, like I have to turn off my phone and, and close my computer and, and close my door and turn on a sound machine so that I have privacy and all those things take intention. And like, I've felt even guilty about like, my team must feel like I'm just doing something that is like a waste of time. And mm -hmm. I feel guilt. I, I felt guilty about that. And like, honestly, it has taken, I wish I could say that it has been like a, somebody has solved that for me, but like I've had to solve that for myself through a coaching relationship, which is exactly what we're talking about today. And it takes time and it takes intentionality and you have to pursue that if you're a leader. Yeah, absolutely. And and you made a good point about, you know, resolving the issues for yourself. And that's one of the things that, you know, especially in the dynamic we have, I can't fix your issues for you. I can't answer the questions for you. I can guide you to answer them for yourself and teach you the tools and the tactics that you need to use to be successful. And definitely. You've definitely struck the right balance of advice and just listening when I need someone to listen, right? Like I would, I, I'd pay you twice as much just to listen to me. <laughs> just kidding. Really? Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. Put it in your phone. <laughs> All right. So the second thing that's come up for us has been this topic of uncertainty. And I think that this feels so palpable today, specifically because of the way that the conversations around the economy are just constantly circling. I've even found myself having to like turn off the news and just kind of, you know, live in my reality a little bit just because there is so much uncertainty that swirls. But for the business leader, the business owner, specifically on the ownership side, the uncertainty is so incredibly deep. It's like a it's like I can it's like it's really hard to say you can like feel something that is just notoriously just a kind of like a an adjective. I feel it. I mean, I feel it in terms of like weight on my shoulders type of a feeling. I feel it like in my gut. And you and I have had to really work through that because early on in the business, I mean, it was crippling. You know what I mean? Like I would be in a situation where I was like, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And then just having somebody to be able to ask you questions to say, what specifically are you worried about? And like, even that question alone is like, like I start fumbling over my words and I'm like, I don't, I don't really actually know at the end of the day, <laughs> walk me through. Worst thing yeah. That could happen. You know, we, we do that scenario quite a bit. What is the absolute worst thing that could happen? And right. once you kind of tuck through that, it becomes a little less scary. Yeah, that's so true. I, I wonder if you have seen uncertainty, you know, as like this common thread, and I'm sure you have with so many different, so many different business owners, but how do you, 
you know, if I was out there and I don't have a professional coach, or maybe I do, and I'm curious on how I can take advantage of that relationship even more, you know, what are some of the, you know, what are some of the situations that you see coming up on a regular basis that cause the most uncertainty? And what are, what is like a step that you would recommend taking, whether maybe even specifically related to your coach, how would you even like bring that up and address it? Yeah. So a couple of thoughts on that. I see uncertainty a lot in the space of do people really respect me or are they just acting like they respect me because I'm in the seat? Mm. So, you know, that that always seems to be a big topic and it comes from the most unusual clients, meaning that these are people that you would never think would feel uncertain about their position or their value or any of those things. What I would say most about uncertainty is that uncertainty leads to worry. And so one of the things I like to do with clients is talk about, okay, where are you certain? What do you know? How has that worked in the past? You know, let's look back to look forward. And that that sort of diminishes the amount of worry relative to the current uncertainty that they have, because that's really all it is. It's not knowing. It's not having the answers at that very moment and having to, you know, sort through what the best next steps are. Hmm. Oh man, I definitely feel that for sure. <laughs> and even like listening to you talk, it's like so helpful for a lot of it comes down to like, I, I think it can feel really lonely. And we've had an episode on our podcast about how leadership is lonely. And I think, you know, it's been so eye-opening for me to, to just have somebody say like other people feel the way that you feel. Actually, most people in your position feel the way that you feel and like that alone but then also like layering on top of that with like but it's not enough to just say like of course like you know other people feel it but it's more of like okay let's solve that together and mm -hmm. like let's do it intentionally and like let's be realistic about the timeline for that and it does take time you know like it's 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 not an easy you know uh, equation the way i kind of think about it is like yeah like it's not a two plus two equals four it's one of those math problems that you see on the movies on the big chalkboard that the guy's trying to solve for like his entire time in college. <laughs> and that's kind of where, where I, where I feel or where I find myself a lot. Okay. The third area is self-development. And this is kind of goes along with like that guilt feeling that I was talking about. But, you know, for me, self-development has always felt like something that it, it, it's hard to quantify and measure. Uh, is probably the way that I would say it. But like, I think qualitatively, like I've been able to really go to my team and ask for tangible feedback. And I've even like started to give them some visibility into the self-development that you and I are really working on in me, even as it relates to just like, like I'm a, I'm a D on the disc assessment. If anybody knows what that means, I, I, I can be a little straight and to the point. And so I've really like tried to develop my ability to like listen before I speak and really also cater my communication style to other people in ways that helps them be really successful because that's where my heart is. It's just sometimes my mouth <laughs> doesn't necessarily connect to that. But without self-development, I don't get there. What, what are your thoughts on self-development and why do you think that that's one of those really difficult topics that we've had to cover and that you have to cover often? Well, I, I think what makes it the most difficult is going back to our earlier discussion about it feeling frivolous. You know, a lot of leaders just feel like I, I shouldn't have to do self-development based on where I am in my career, which 
you know, respectfully is nonsense. We all need self-development. And I think self-development in the context of coaching, oftentimes, at least for me with my clients and, and with you, Sean, is just thinking about how leaders can think differently, approach things differently to get even better results. So a lot of it is just, you know, tell me how you're thinking about this. What filter are you using? What lens are you looking at this through? And how is that impacting the action that you're taking, which is going to impact what you get from it? And, you know, a lot of that sort of self-awareness and introspection and, and really thinking through why am I doing this? What am I thinking about it? Why am I doing it? I think has been really helpful for people. Definitely. I think one thing that's been like, if, if I could give the the people who are listening to this a little bit of a next step, if you let's, well, first of all, probably get a coach. Second is whenever you go into that relationship and maybe it's not a coach, maybe you're somebody who doesn't find yourself in a place of leadership and you just need to seek out some sort of therapy instead. Yeah. Whatever that relationship looks like, make sure to not assume that the person that you're speaking with actually knows what your thought process looks like. I think one of the most helpful things for us, Michelle, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I remember you distinctly affirming this in me early on in our relationship was that I really pushed myself to give you insight into where how I got to where I what I was thinking. So instead of you saying, well, so you would say you would pose a question to me like, well, Sean, why, you know, what makes you feel that way specifically as it relates to this situation? And instead of me saying, well, it, it's this that makes me feel that way. Instead of saying that, I would be like, well, whenever you said that, Michelle, this is where my head went. And then that makes me think this. And that's how I end up here. Yeah. And really the core insight is actually in one of those first two things that I tell you, not the end thing. And yeah. that has been so, it's honestly allowed for us to be more productive in our relationship, I would say, because, <laughs> and also giving you like much quicker insight into who I am and what I, you know, struggle with and what I succeed in and those things. So I really have pushed myself to continue doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. What is the the last thing, Michelle, that you really see as the things that are both beneficial yet difficult to navigate in a relationship like this? Mm -hmm. So it's it's real-time coaching and feedback. So mm -hmm. as you know, Sean, oftentimes we get on our coaching sessions and we don't really have an agenda. Sometimes you have some topics you want to cover and sometimes the topics sort of unfold as we go. I find that that's really valuable for people because it just creates space to bring up whatever is on your mind. And so, you know, I think that there are often either situational issues that you just want an objective third party to weigh in on. You know, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think I should do? And then ask some clarifying questions. And then we we sort of get there. I think also if if there is a business situation that needs to be thought through and resolved and a decision made, it's also helpful because not only can I listen as an objective third party, but I can help you get to the right answer for you. Going back to our earlier point about I'm not going to give you the answer, but I'll help you get to the right answer for you. And if you if you have an answer that doesn't feel like it's authentic or that you're trying to solve for something that maybe really isn't the issue, then 
I think, you know, I, I kind of question and, and challenge that a little bit. Definitely. I think it's been so beneficial for me to have somebody who's so pulled back yet invested in the business. It's, it's, it's hard to find that because if you're going to have somebody who cares about your business and being invested in it, you know, a lot of times they spend a lot of their time in that business. Well, you and I, Michelle, meet every three weeks. And that means that you have enough at stake, but not necessarily, you know, you don't, you're not here. In fact, you've never been in my building before. I'm hoping to solve that later this year, by the way. But I, I definitely feel as though it's been so helpful for me to gain a third party perspective and also like not just a third party perspective. It's a third party perspective that's highly informed and also highly competent going back to that like business versus personal relationship dynamic. And I am able to gain such valuable insight that I can go and actually like implement right after our calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and you follow that up with, you know, I had a thought on on this here or I've even in instances, and I'm sure you'll remember these seasons where <laughs> I would be driving home and I would just record my thoughts. Yes. And I would send those, send those to you about specific situations. And that gave you such great insight. And you would just, on our next call, we would, uh, you know, avoid that processing and we would just jump right in and and come up with a solution together. And if there's one thing that I, as a business owner, you know, have heard from all my other fellow business owners, it's that. Yeah, it's great to pour into myself and all, but also I have so much going on that is enough for me to just, you know, worry about. And my challenge to those people would be to say, I think you can get more done if you go this route. And Mm -hmm. I think that you can actually be more efficient and more effective, specifically more effective, but also more efficient in your decision making as it relates to those things that you're going through today. And that is so beneficial in, in regards to this type of a relationship. Well, and one of the biggest compliments that you ever gave me, Sean, was that you said my voice is always in the back of your <laughs> I would say it's more like you're both the angel and the devil on my shoulder. <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, that's meaningful because what that tells me is you're you're starting to think in a different way and you're starting to, you know, reflect on conversations that we've had and say, oh, I wonder what Michelle would say to do in this situation. So it's it's funny, but it's it's actually quite, it's quite an honor. Well, the pleasure is all mine. And the benefit, frankly, is maybe 99% for me. I hope you find obviously some some value and I'm sure you do out of being a part and a really integral part of Craftsman. Even though you have never been in this building, like in spirit, you're probably one of the most important members. And so I'm really grateful, Michelle, for your leadership in my life, for the way that you watch over our business and that you speak into it and that you constantly show up in the moments where you're needed the most. And my hope is that everybody who's listening today really has gotten a sense of what a relationship like this can look like. You know, you need to invest in yourself. And the whole reason why I cover topics like this on on our podcast is because Yes, we're call- like it's called the branding blueprint at the end of the day. But part of your brand and your ability to build your business is making sure that you're taken care of. And unfortunately, that comes down to whether or not you're going to decide to take care of yourself. And so this this type of a relationship is is probably one of the best first steps in doing that. And so that's why I want to talk about it is because I believe in it so much. So, Michelle, thanks for taking the time and for being a part of our story. It has been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. 
everybody, thanks again for listening. We would love for you to share this episode with anybody who you think could benefit from it. And if you're a business owner and you want to talk to me personally more about what a coaching relationship looks like, I welcome that. And also, if you want to look up Michelle on LinkedIn, I'm sure she would not hesitate. And Michelle, can you tell everybody your website as well, just in case they want to know where to go? Yes, it is mosaic-pad.com. Perfect. Well, yeah, really excited for the value that this will bring for everybody out there. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon.